the second episode of Holly Tech Talk, we have the pleasure to host Tal Wilson. Tal established Hi. her own recruitment company after working for a number of Israeli-based executive placement firms. With over 20 years of experience in placements and global headhunting, sourcing, executive placement, relocation and career development, she certainly holds secrets, hints and advices that we, Olim uh, Chadashim and International Talents, will find very precious to hear. Tal, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you. Thank you. How are you? I'm good. <laughs> Relatively, you know, everything is uh, relative today. Absolutely. I agree with that uh, statement. Um, so I just briefly introduced you. Uh, what I think our listeners would love is, is you know, uh, get to know you better and, 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 and hear from you yourself, like maybe a short intro. So Happily. So I myself am, am an Ola Chadasha. Um, I uh, made Aliyah when I was 18 from Chicago. And um, I, as an Ola, also worked for the Association for Americans and Canadians uh, in Israel, AACI at the time. It was a bit similar to Nefesh Benefesh today. Um, and I helped uh, Nuolim integrate into Israeli society via work and uh, on a social level. Um, and today I am a recruiter, headhunter, I worked at a number of different agencies along the way, and today I own my own company. Um, but yes, I'm very familiar with Olim uh, Chadashim, and uh, I'll be happy to answer questions that you might have. Beautiful. Um, so what is great here is that you're carrying with you, uh, you know, years and years of experience within the recruiting industry, uh, especially in high tech, which is our focus here. Uh, and, and, and since you're also in Ola Chadasha, you will definitely understand what's behind my question. So um, let's start with a very basic questions. When someone uh, arrives in Israel or is planning to arrive in Israel and does not know yet the concept of Haver Mevi Haver. So I, I will just explain briefly Haver Mevi Haver. You know, someone within the company is recommending you and that's what I would consider the highest chance for you to start the interview process. How to do when you have no chaverim yet? Mm -hmm. so, so I would even go a little bit before that um, and say a few things and then I'll get into the chaver mevi chaver. Um, just in general, even before someone makes aliyah, it's very crucial for people to understand that finding a job uh, takes time. And especially in Israel, uh, it especially takes time. Um, again, I don't know, you know, as far as moving to the U.S. or moving to France or, or anywhere else in the world, but in Israel, people shouldn't come with the expectation of finding a job easily. Uh, they should be aware of the fact that it's very difficult, especially now with Corona. Um, in general, it's very hard to find a job in Israel. Things are very boxed here. In other words, jobs, um, there aren't hundreds of different titles. You're either in sales or in marketing or in business development or in you know, very specific areas. And I'm speaking specifically um, for high-tech positions, not, not so much other areas. Um, so people need to know that when they come, they should have some type of uh, amount of money set aside because it may take a while. Uh, people may need to take menial jobs or other jobs that are not necessarily in their profession. 
um, at least at first, in order to get to know the market, in order to get to know people. Some people decide to go to Ulpan in the beginning. Um, if you make Aliyah from the US, then it's not as crucial to have the Hebrew. But if you come from France or Germany or somewhere else and you don't have English at a mother tongue level, then it is very important to have the Hebrew. Um, what I'm trying to say is don't come with the expectation to find a job very quickly. Uh, it's normal, it takes time, um, and that's very important for people to understand. It isn't them, it shouldn't make, it, make them lower their um, uh, self-confidence if they don't find something right away. Now, getting into the aspect of chaver mevi chaver, um, there are a lot of groups in Israel that have already been established for French speakers or for German speakers. And there are a lot of groups uh, listed on Facebook um, where you can join the group and ask all kinds of questions before you even make Aliyah. And if a company is looking for chaver mevi chaver, then sometimes through those groups, uh, people are willing to help each other. It's, some type, it's, it's a type of camaraderie where people pay it forward. In other words, certain people help um, when, you know, when they made Aliyah, and then once they find a job, they help others to, to make Aliyah. Um, with different languages, usually the easiest positions uh, to find are via using the language, especially with sales. But then in sales, you really need to have the personality and the drive and the ambition uh, and the desire to do sales. So there are usually positions for German speakers or French speakers in sales. Regarding marketing positions or other positions, it is less, um, less in demand. That's very important to say, uh, especially now because companies are using channels, then they are less, um, they don't normally hire people with languages based here. Uh, it was once more popular. Um, today they hire in their local, uh, in, in the country itself. Um, but chaver chaver, if you're trying to get your foot in the door, then yes, via these different groups, uh, language groups or synagogue groups, or people who belong to the community, um, many people who have already found their place, they can help bring you in. It isn't a sure bet, um, but that's usually a way to get your foot in the door. So that's, that's um, a very um, extensive definition, and I think, thank you for, for all those insights. But you, you, you said something, and I, and I want to react on it. Um, so you said eventually uh, international Olims, they, they, they have to reset expectations. And, and to that regard, how do you think uh, international talents planning to come in Israel should repackage their professional experience to become bankable on the Israeli high-tech market? I explained myself, someone comes from the US or UK or France or Spain, whatever, has a great you know, uh, academic degree from a great school, has a solid two, three, four, five years experience in eventually even public listed companies, arrives in Israel and eventually has the feeling that you know, he has to restart uh, to some extent. How should they repackage and sell 
to the Israeli recruiters their past experience? It really isn't an easy question um, because it's very, very difficult. And I have to separate the US and UK or Anglo uh, Olim and separate them from the more um, European uh, or Asian or rest of the world um, because it is much harder for that um, area to find a job in Israel. Um, because the market is so U.S. focused, um, that it, then it's just so much easier for uh, Anglo's to find something as opposed to the rest of the world. Um, that said, if I try and think of repackaging, hmm, it's really very hard. Um, I never said it would be easy questions. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm, I'm just saying it, it just makes it all the more difficult, especially today. Look, there are a lot of uh, nonprofit organizations like Vahim uh, and Nefesh and Nefesh and Nefesh that really try and help Olim integrate into Israeli society. Vahim especially, they take academics um, and they really do their best to try and introduce them to different uh, companies and, and uh, different organizations that can value and appreciate their academic and professional background. Um, that said, um, it's, it's, I'm trying to think, it's, it's a matter of being very current. It's a matter of speaking to a lot of people in the market, speaking to a lot of people in, in your specific profession. If you have a certain profession, Speak to people before you make Aliyah. Try and understand the market before you make Aliyah so that you can understand what areas you need to perhaps um, specialize in or, or do extra learning in um, so that when you come to Israel, you will have that on your resume. Um, don't... I, I really don't have an answer. I don't know what to say. It's, it's really very hard. I, I get um, from what you're saying. Need, a, a person may need, and this is something that's very sad, but it's true. In many cases, Olim Chadashim need to take steps back in order to move forward. And people need to understand that even if they come from the best schools in Europe or in the U.S., they can't always expect to come here and, um, and, and um, make uh, the same amount of salary. He, that's a very big shock to many people. They think that if they studied at Harvard or Yale, that they're gonna come to Israel and people are just waiting for them here. A lot of times you really need to take a step back. Um, you'll, you'll earn less, you'll perhaps start at a lower level position um, but at least you'll get your foot in the door, and at that time you'll you'll learn about the the subject or the profession that you're in, and then you'll be able to grow relatively quickly. Um, so it takes time to get to know what's around you and who the players are and the culture itself, because it is a very different culture. Um, so sometimes they should take it as a stage type of situation. Where, where, you know, they take a year to learn things and then they'll be able to move up much faster. 
So if I summarize, um, I understand that the repackaging of your professional experience is going to be through your first experience in Israel and how can you adapt and accept some sort of a step back, nothing negative here, just, you know, way of understanding and getting into the, uh, the bubble. And once you're in it, just, you know, expand and, and, and create your own uh, success path, right? Exactly. And so to that regard, um, okay, now let's say that, you know, the, this Olim Hadash, Ole Hadash, sorry, uh, American or European, whatever, get his first job. He's three years in, and now he wants something better. He wants eventually a better salary, uh, a better project. And, and now that he repackaged himself within the high-tech industry, what would be the best approach for, for, for him or her to, you know, step up and get to the, to, to the next stage, let's say? How, mm-hmm. how you consider interviews? How, what salaries expectations can you have? What are the rules within the interview? Can you give us like some insight from, from your expertise? Sure. So, so a lot of times people are in a position at a company and they decide, okay, I want to move to the next company. I think that the easiest way to do that is to really um, gain whatever experience and the tools that you need from within the current company that you're at in order to move up. In other words, if you're currently, let's say, I'm sorry that I'm taking sales, but I can take marketing as well. Let's say you're in a certain position in sales as um let's call it a sales development representative and you want to move into a more sales position where you're going to close deals as opposed to uh, do cold calls or do the preliminary sales, the, the sales development. So the best way to, to make that move up is to get promoted from within your current company And then it will be much easier to make that move in the next company because then it's, it's just so much easier that way. Same thing with marketing. Let's say you have a job in marketing at a company, but you want to move up to the director level. So usually in director level positions, companies expect you to have certain tools, certain strategies, strategy um, uh, experience, etc. So it's always easier to make that move if you have that experience, whether it's you know, getting certain marketing automation under your belt or getting certain um, uh, experiences that most of the job requirements expect you to have in the next position, try and get that experience under your belt from your current company. And then it's much easier to make that move. And then it's also much easier to demand a higher salary because you have the experience already and they don't have an excuse to say, oh, but you don't have this experience or that experience. Um, it's also very important to move up salary-wise. Um, let's say you're making 20, in Israel, you make um, shekels per month. So let's say you're making 20,000 shekels uh, a month. When you move to your next position, always ask to move up by at least two, maybe three, uh, three in, in order for them to be flexible and make it two. But um, You always want to do that. And, and I guess one of the most important things for me to say is, and this is a little dangerous to say, but work will never love you back. You have to make decisions and do what's good for you. Um, and and to, to really do research and to find out to what extent the company is a stable one 
to what extent the CEO or the managing uh, team are nice people, good people, um, decent people to work with, that the company has a good reputation. Um, don't always leave so easily. Sometimes changes uh, within an organization take time, especially now with Corona, to stay in the same company. Sometimes it's the smart thing to do and just ride the wave um, and, and just take advantage of your company. If they're a stable company, to take advantage as much as possible uh, and, and to learn as much as possible so that when Corona is over, when things start settling, um, to make that move with more tools um, that are relevant for your next move. Um, and and how, what, what's your opinion about the fact that, you know, uh, most of the Olim come from, I would say, very mature market in terms of, you know, the, the working lens, lens, landscape. Uh, I mean by that, that in the US, in Canada, in Europe, in the big countries, you have a very, very developed and well-established corporate mm -hmm. uh, world. And so uh, when you enter a corporate uh, in any of these countries, your career path is kind of set. You know that after three years, you are going to be entitled to XYZ position, training, etc. What should be the future Olim or current Olim expectations uh, from the high-tech industry? How does it work here, knowing that, you know, we don't have that much of a background, but we also have a very, very dynamic and amazing, you know, uh, sort of like team spirit and entrepreneurship uh, spirit. What to expect uh, with the years within the, uh, in, in, within the industry uh, from, uh, for, for this Olim and future Olim? I think the answer to that is that you can't really expect anything right now. Um, because the market is so volatile, then people need to, I guess, it's, it's more of a survival skill mode where people really need to hang on to what they have. Um, that's how I would put it. Um, you know, even the large corporates are letting people, are, are laying people off in, in large numbers. So what I would say is really try and hang in there right now. Um, Israel is, is a lot more, more than corporate, they're, they're about startups. So you, know, you have to choose wisely if you're in a situation where you're looking for a job. Um, if you're in a job, then really try and make yourself very um, needed <laughs> by your company. Um, you know, don't, don't ask for a raise right now and, and try and understand the situation um, and hang on. Um, that's what I would say right now because the, the situation, there are a lot of people being laid off. And if you can keep your job this, you know, at this time, then do it. Um, uh, with regard to startups, um, it's very shaky. So, you know, people need to put money aside. People need to uh, take advantage of the stability that they have and just hang in there. And so, okay, um, now let, let's move to another topic, the interview process, okay? Let's say that, uh, you know, you manage through all the cha challenges we, we, we have just raised together right now. So how to act through interview processes? 
-hmm. you get through the first stage, you, you, you know, you've been asked for simulation and assignment, etc. What to expect? What is going on from, from the perspective of the recruiter? Uh, the timelines, what you're looking for, et cetera. Can you give us some advice that we could use as of, you know, in an hour, in our uh, next interviews and, and, and recruitment processes? Mm -hmm. So first of all, it's very important if you're working with a company and someone reaches out to you to say, okay, we want to, you know, we want to start a process. It's very important to ask, um, do you mind sharing with me what, how the process looks, what the process looks like? And then that person will tell you, okay, first you're going to meet with this person, then you're going to meet with that person, and, and this, then you're going to make a demo, etc. So, so it's, the first part is really to ask the question, what should I be expecting? And then once you have that understanding, um, then as far as the process itself, always come prepared. Always read about the company, read about the people that you're going to be meeting with, perhaps look on their Facebook page, look on the different social media um, sites to see who the person is. Maybe there are certain things that you have in common, um, certain things that you can possibly bring up that will make it look as though you really did your homework. Um, in Israel, as opposed to in the US and Europe especially, um, there are certain cultural differences. Again, I'm not trying to say anything negative, it's just different. Um, as far as uh, uh, time aspects, you know, sometimes in Israel, uh, people can come in a little later <laughs> um, to the interview and you, you, you need to be on time. Uh, you need to make sure that you find out where the company is before you go out in the morning because there's a lot of traffic. You need to really... Um, have everything in front of you and to be clear that you're going to arrive on time to the interview. And in Israel, there's a lot of uh, traffic jams. Um, there's heat, so you can get there, you know, all sweaty and you have to be really, really uh, just be aware of everything so that you, you won't, um, so that you won't be late and that you'll smell good and you don't smoke before an interview because that's a very big turnoff. Um, and to be aware that maybe the person interviewing might be a few minutes late and not to get upset about that, just to be aware of it and to move forward. In the interview itself, a lot of times the recruiter or the CEO or the hiring manager, they want to talk. They want to explain. So you have to be able to listen. You have to be able to um, uh, hear the person and not just sell yourself and wait for questions and answer accordingly. Um, a lot of times uh, Israelis tend to be a little more um, uh, direct and sometimes they may even ask questions that are not necessarily politically correct um, and just to be aware of that. Um, as far as the interview itself, once it ends, you know, obviously um, some do appreciate a letter saying thank you for taking the time. Um, others don't understand it. I think that today with the global market it is more accepted. Um, once it looked strange to Israelis and today I think it is a more accepted once you know everything became so global then people do appreciate it more. Um, the one problem is sometimes you won't hear back and that's a very frustrating thing uh, on the side of the person who's being interviewed. So 
try and uh, when that when you get that first call, save the number of the person reaching out to you and ask them if they're your contact person, because you may not get a letter back saying uh, that we've decided to move on with someone else. You may not hear anything. And in that case, you want to be responsible for your process and reach out to the person who contacted you originally and ask them where things stand. And that's, that's understandable. Um, as far as the rest of the process, sometimes it takes time in between interviews. It's very important to have someone, you know, give you feedback. And if you don't hear the feedback, to be proactive about that. And at what point do you suggest to talk about salaries and how, uh, if we're already talking about salaries, how to know what the company is paying for that position, like on average, um, if outside of Israel, you know, in some market charts are very well established, how to, how to understand, you know, what, 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 what's the right figure yeah. to ask for? First of all, you're absolutely right. Here, everything is very shushu, like no one knows what salary to expect. I think that's a plus in working with recruiters um, because usually we know what salary to expect. Um, I think that sometimes, uh, look, usually in Israel, the salary aspect is brought up sooner than later. Usually, even the first person who will call you, they will usually ask you what your salary expectations are. So if you're a nuole and you're used to making X, whether it's in the US or, or in, in uh, Europe, then you can say to them, look, I, I was making you know, $40,000 or $100,000 a year. Um, obviously, I'm a nuole and I need to be flexible. Um, I'm open to hearing what your salaries are because with that first position, especially you just want to get your foot in the door and they're not going to be able to pay you what you were making in Europe or in the US. So if you say to them, look, I was making X, but I'm open to hearing and I'm flexible, then, you know, that won't burn the bridge. If you say to them, I want what I was making and, you know, that was a, what was equivalent to $100,000 annually then you may not get that interview. So you, as far as the, the, the range itself, usually you need to ask someone from within the organization and that's very hard. You can check with different recruiters or different people who, like I said, go back to the groups, the language groups and ask uh, what the range normally is. Usually it's a very clear range in, in sales, marketing, business development, Um, some companies pay more, some companies pay less. Um, but as far as the salary itself, that's something if you're looking for your first job that you have to be relatively flexible about. And so now let's, let's talk about, you know, a topic that is very actual, uh, which is the impact of, 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 of COVID-19 over our lives overall. Uh, whether you are a recruiter or you are a candidate or a well-established person within a startup or corporate, we have all, uh, to, a, to some extent, been impacted uh, by, by, by the, this global situation. Uh, how it is for you to be a global headhunter uh, in this period of time? 
First of all, it's very sad. Um, it's very, very hard to hear about so many people that are out of jobs and are looking and, um, and are frustrated and are scared. Um, it's a very sad time. Um, that said, in high tech, at least, there are a lot of open positions. The processes are taking very long. In other words, the hiring process, um, companies want to meet everyone before making a decision. So that's been very frustrating on, on my end and on candidates' end um, because processes that were usually taking you know, up to a month, then all of a sudden now it can take up to three or even four. Some companies are freezing their positions suddenly. Um, candidates uh, also are deciding to stay in their own companies as opposed to moving to different companies. There are a lot of things going on, um, and it's just a very volatile uh, time, um, very unstable, um, just very sad all around. Um, what I can say is some people need to stay where they are, and some people it's a good time to move up. Um, you really do need to do a lot of due diligence before you move. And uh, otherwise, salaries in many cases um, are staying the same. Companies that are looking for top tier candidates are still willing to pay the top dollar. As you can see, a lot of high tech companies are thriving and doing very well in these times. And some that were originally thriving, you know, similar to the, the travel tech, et cetera, then they're doing well and they have to reinvent themselves. So there are a lot of things going on. And, and, um, when we when we talk because we're talking about about covid all right how you've been you've been on, on in this business for what 20 years or so and so you might have been you know the the successful link for maybe hundreds if not thousands of of recruitment within the high tech world in israel um how do you see your profession evolving i mean you obviously receive a ton of resume uh, you, 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 you post on LinkedIn very often that you're looking for position in marketing, in sales, in operations, et cetera, uh, job post that looks very exciting. And, and I'm sure you receive, especially nowadays, tons of resume. How, how are you managing that whole flow of, of, of profile waving at you? So it's very ironic, and, and it's something that I spoke about with some friends. <clears throat> you would think I was getting hundreds of resumes. I'm actually not at all, and it's very, very strange. Um, there's something, and I've spoken to some people. I understand that some people are enjoying this time off and getting the compensation from Bituach uh, Lumi and are not looking at this time, which is just, it's just so strange. You would think I would be getting thousands of resumes for each position and I'm getting less than what I would normally get. And I don't understand it. It's also very frustrating. Um, you know, on the side, when I reach out to people, then more are open than normally, but I'm not, for the advertisements that I'm placing, I'm not getting almost anything relevant or anything suitable. And 
it's it just baffles me. I don't understand it. I have to be um, honest, I was definitely not expecting that answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wasn't either. Um, as far as helping people, you know, I can't help everyone. Um, I do my best in certain situations if I can connect people to different, uh, different contacts that I have or give them, you know, ideas. Uh, I try and do it. There's a limit to that as well, just because I'm overwhelmed in the work that I have and the fact that, you know, the kids are home and the the, the mess that's going on in everyone's personal life due to the COVID. Um, but it really is ironically very different than what I expected. And what's the ratio in between the number of times out of a hundred times, how often, how many times would you directly contact someone that is within your regional network and how many times it would be people asking you if they are the right fit for the post you just made? Question is like head like how many out of a hundred times? How many times it's a head hunting process, and how many times it's just someone reaching out to you? It's almost always a head hunting process. Almost always, and it just it, I don't get it. It's it's crazy. Um, you would think that it would be easier right now, but it isn't. It's it's harder because companies are not willing to settle. And they still want the star out of the best companies. And that's still a headhunting process. And to end on a very positive note before we, we move on to the <laughs> yes, last <please>. fun <laughs> stage of, of the interview, what would be the best advice uh, for candidates that are right now on the market or to be in the market soon? Considering that is, you know, a crazy period, what would be one or two advice that they must engrave and, and, and you know, print in big when they uh, are going for interview processes tomorrow, next week, next month mm -hmm. or soon? So I think that uh, one of the most important things is really to make a good impression, to come in with a smile, to come in driven, to come in. A lot of companies look for pintel, which is... Uh, someone spicy, I guess. I uh, love that expression. That's the, that's the, yeah, that's the specific definition. Um, you know, when you go in for an interview, you really need to make an impact. You need to leave that smile with the interviewer. Um, you need to be different from others and, and to, to, to just make a good impression because you never know. I've had situations where people have left that good impression and companies or the VP or the CEO has contacted that person suddenly when they moved to a new job because they remembered that person. So you never know when it'll come back to you. And another thing is always be nice. Always um, don't burn any bridges. This country is a very small country. Everyone knows everyone. When you're working, don't take it for granted be nice, have a good reputation within your organization, because there are so many people who don't realize that when it comes to references and referrals, if you didn't behave nicely in your company, then everyone will know about it afterwards. You'll ask for a referral from Yossi or from Joe, and that next company won't take you because they heard X or they heard Y. You really have to be very careful in every job 
to keep things positive and to keep things um, just be be a positive person and uh, keep a good reputation because this is a small, small country and everyone knows everyone. That's that. Those are the two tips that I would give. So let's bring the good, a good vibe uh, to our listeners. Uh, we are going to do a, 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 a quick game, all right? It's a yes or no, or you have to assume the answer. You ready? <laughs> okay. Okay. So the answer for that question should be a yes or no. Israel has more museum per capita than any other country. Has more what? I didn't hear the word. Museums. Oh, museums. Yeah. No. It was a yes, but you oh, underestimated okay. the cultural. <laughs> okay, next question. Uh, you, have to assume, you have to assume, okay? The average Israeli eats 20 kilograms of hummus every year. <laughs> yes. Uh, actually, that's a no, but they do eat <laughs> eight to 10 kilograms a year, which I think is pretty solid already. <laughs> okay, next question. I'm not doing well. Uh, fine, but it's also tricky questions, I have to say. Right. Uh, passengers on Israel's national airline, El Al, clap for the pilots when their flights touch down at Ben Gurion Airport near Tel Aviv. Yes, that's amazing, and yes. Yeah, that, that, that's true. It's very childish, I but I have it. to say, I'm part of these I guys. <laughs> There's nothing like El Al. Yeah, right. I mean, yeah, I, I just hope they are going to be able to refund me my, my 10 tickets. So they that. sent a letter today about that. They sent a letter. I'm, I'm still waiting. I've heard oh, a lot of things. So they did. They sent a letter and they're giving 125% on the original ticket. So I'll send you a text whenever it's, it's in, <laughs> in my account. Uh, I'm at Midelal and, and I'm not sure it's going to happen that fast. Next question. Uh, USB memory stick was invented in Israel. USB. Well, oh, yes, of course. That's SanDisk. Yes. Are you gonna, I, I mean, I hoped with your background in high tech, you would get that one right. For sure, okay. for sure, yes. Now you have to assume, okay, what is okay. Israel counts of total medals in the Olympics? Hey, that's a tricky one. What did you ask me though? What, how many medals Israel got overall in his, in, in his history in the Olympic Games? Ah, because you originally said the answer would be yes or no, so I was waiting Yeah, I said now it's an assumption. I think, um, I think it's uh, two, no? So Israel got a total of nine medals, okay. one gold, one silver, and seven bronze. So it's nice. not bad, actually. It's, it's, quite, it's quite okay. And last question before we finish uh, that episode. Uh, it's a yes or a no. Over a thousand letters arrive in Jerusalem every year addressed to God. I believe that. I, I do believe so. I mean, if people are sending letters to Santa then, you know, they should be also addressing God in Jerusalem. For sure, for sure. <laughs> Tal, thank you very much for your my participation. Pleasure. It was absolutely amazing and outstanding, uh, uh, the level of advice and, 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 and insight you shared with us today. So thank you very much. Happily and Shana Tova to everyone and all the health and happiness and success. Shana Tova to everyone. I hope that you guys enjoyed that episode. Uh, you can follow Holly Tech Talk on iTunes and Spotify and looking forward to be with you for the third episode next month. Cheers. <laughs>